Hello and welcome back to Ryan's Takeaways, daily words for your daily growth, providing biblical teaching for your spiritual growth and maturity. From the home to the marketplace, inviting Jesus to every table of society. I'm your host, Ryan Adams. Let's get started. Today we're going to be talking about Zacchaeus. I remember these little songs that we would sing in Sunday school, and one of them had a the song of Zacchaeus, you know, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Dun, 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 dun. So I always remember the story of Zacchaeus based off of this, this song. But today I actually want to look at something that quite interests me in regards to what Jesus says in the response to Zacchaeus' words and his posture as a man. So we see here in the book of Luke chapter 19, and I'll go ahead and read this story because it's a quite, it's pretty quick, um, but I think it's really interesting and it's quite powerful if you really think about it. Such a short story, but has so much power behind it. And that's what I love about these takeaways. It's just a time where we can slow it down just a little bit and we can just look into the word of God. Luke chapter 19, verse one. Jesus entered in to Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree besides the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up and at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. There's a lot of that that's pretty profound right there. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. There's the haters, right? He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of the wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, look at this, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Hallelujah. Let's get into this. So this is the story of this notorious, I love how they say this, like, you know, like a notorious gangster, right? So here we have this notorious uh, sinner, as it's stated, notorious sinner who was a tax collector. And this is what bothered the people so much. And I'm curious as to who it bothered, you know, who is it that was so bothered by this? Just said this people, but I'm curious as to whom it was. But we see here that Zacchaeus was curious about Jesus. And his curiosity brought him up a tree. And it's very interesting because we see that Zacchaeus, he just wanted to see Jesus. He didn't want to touch him. He didn't want to call out to him. He was, in a sense, maybe not even interested in this. He was just curious to see Jesus. Which brings me to this question. What power lies when man simply desires to see Jesus? 
there's something that happens when a man sees Jesus. We don't even need to really touch him. We don't even need to call out to him. We can do that. It's very important, and we should, right? But there's also, I think, so much power in just searching after Jesus and just just getting a glimpse of Jesus. It says that Jesus, he shines like that of a thousand suns. And we're always seeing in the scriptures of his bright lights and people who would see Jesus, just see something different, and they'd be attracted to this Jesus. And for me, as a man, there's just so many other things that try to keep my eyes from seeing Jesus. And I think that happens because, again, there's so much power in just seeing Jesus. I think this is why the enemy tries so hard to distract men and women and try to bring other things to turn our attention away from the sight of Jesus, from looking upon him, from gazing upon him. I can only imagine the people that gazed upon Jesus as he hung upon the cross. I can only imagine what happened when the, the disciples saw Jesus after uh, his, his death, burial, and resurrection. I can only imagine what people will, will see when Jesus comes back, not as the pastor, not as the, the teacher, but as, as the apostle, as, as the, the king Jesus. I mean, I can only imagine what it's going to look like. But before that even happens, I, I just am reminded at the power that when we look at Jesus, there's something that changes inside of us. And we see that Zacchaeus was so curious. He just wanted to see Jesus. And he was so uh, determined to see Jesus, that he was willing to climb up a tree. I don't know about you, but someone like this man of posture, someone like this man who was a notorious tax collector, right? And I love what they said, you know, uh, they, these people were, they were frustrated, right? Because he was a notorious, he was a notorious sinner. <laughs> this notorious sinner, this, this gangster, this this man who would you know rob people of their money and just do horrible things this man wanted to see Jesus and he would do whatever it took to see Jesus and so he climbed up this tree and we see that as he climbed up this tree he got a glimpse of Jesus but it's interesting because he didn't even call out to him didn't try to get his attention but Jesus saw Zacchaeus, which tells me something so, so wonderful. When we look for Jesus, he is also looking for us. When we look to Jesus, he is heard, his eyes are already fixed upon us. And it's such a beautiful relationship, right? And I, and I see, I, 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 you know, there's many stories in the Bible where Jesus is passing by and you know, people call out to him to catch his attention. But does that mean he doesn't know that they're already there? I guarantee it. Again, Jesus works in mysterious ways. His providence is different than what we can ever imagine. You know, the providence of God. His ways are higher. His ways are better. So he's not always going to do the same thing every single time. But in this case, we see that Jesus looks up and he sees Zacchaeus. I love that. 
In verse 5, it says, When Jesus came by, he looked up. He looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Jesus knew that Zacchaeus was already in that tree. Jesus knew that Zacchaeus was searching after him. And I'm just so moved by these words. Why are you moved, Ryan, by these words? Because I'm always reminded that my master, Jesus, he's looking at me. He's looking at me. And, he's, and I, I guarantee that he is just desiring that I look at him, that nothing else matters in this world than to look, to gaze in the eyes of the master. What power this is, what glory this is to look in the eyes of the master. And so Zacchaeus, he was looking for Jesus and he found Jesus looking at him. Isn't that beautiful? You know, I'm just reminded that with when I'm looking, you know, I'll be eating at the table and and I, I, I sense someone is looking at me and when I turn my head, I can see these little baby eyes staring at me. When I, when I look into her eyes, these are Ella's eyes, my, my beautiful daughter, I'm just filled with so much love and I can see so much love in her eyes. How much more, how much more love is in the eyes of the master for that when we look to him, he's already looking at us, gazing into our eyes, gazing into our souls and bringing forth that which we may not even recognize. We see this happens in the life of Zacchaeus. And so we see here that Jesus, he invites Zacchaeus. I love that because Zacchaeus doesn't even invite Jesus. I think he's so struck and he's so mesmerized by who Jesus is and the way he looks. There's something about Jesus. There's something about the way he looked. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see Jesus in his beauty and his glory. I see Jesus in my heart. I see Jesus when I read the word. But to see him face to face, whoo, that's going to be something quite magnificent. And so we see here that Zacchaeus must have been so mesmerized that he didn't even realize, oh, maybe I should invite him to my house. But Jesus, I think Jesus had a little bit of Brazilian blood in him. <laughs> I'm joking. He he and he he says Jesus. Jesus says I want to I want to go to your house. I love that. Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. And many people think here that he was speaking specifically about his home, and he clearly was. But I believe it was so much deeper than that, because he goes on to talk about salvation. I think Jesus was saying, "Quick, come. Salvation is here. It's right here before you." I want to come into your home, meaning I want to come into your heart. And the topic of my discussion today is not necessarily about this. Actually, the topic of my discussion today is about how there's gonna, it's going to cost something when you encounter Jesus. When you have Jesus come into your heart, it's going to cost you something. And many times we as believers, we think that salvation is a free gift, and it is, but it does cost us something in return. There is something in return that is required of us. Now, salvation cannot, we cannot save ourselves. It's something that only comes from Jesus. Jesus paid that price. And we receive that gift freely. 
But in return, there is something that is required of us. Loyalty, commitment, consistency, sacrifice. These are things that are required of us. And I think that when we have this understanding, we will understand the true value of our salvation. There is something to be valued. I've always mesmerized that when you give something free, especially today's generation, people don't really value it. And I believe salvation is a free gift. I'm not saying that it's not, but I'm saying that it is so valuable that it also requires something of us. And like I had just said, it requires our loyalty, our commitment, our devotion. There is something required of us. Let's move on. So he says, Jesus says, come down quickly. I must be a guest in your home today. And we see that Zacchaeus, he is quickly um, met with so much hate, you know, hate because the people, they were displeased. They didn't like this. I don't, I don't like this. Jesus is going to Zacchaeus' house. How come he's not going to my house? Mah, 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 mah. Right? They were super irritated by this. It says, but all the while, these people were grumbling and angry at what Jesus had just said. You know, wow, you're going to his house? Why? Why not mine? We see here, verse 8, meanwhile, so all along, Zacchaeus is standing there. He stood there before the Lord. And look at his response. I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. What is Zacchaeus doing here? Well, I believe right here he is repenting. He is repenting that before the Lord can come into his house, his physical house, his heart, <laughs> this is a sign of salvation here. It clearly is because you see Jesus' response in verse 9. But he says, Lord, if there's things that I need to resolve, I will resolve it. Which reminds me of, you know, it says when Jesus says, if you're standing in prayer for anything and you realize that you have, have things that you need to handle, go handle those things and then come back and, and get, things, get things right and then come back and ask what you need to ask. And it's so crazy because Zacchaeus is literally doing this very thing right here. He's saying, Jesus, Lord, I will, I will, I will do what I need to do. I will, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Because he probably realized that half of that wealth didn't even really belong to him first because maybe he did it wrongly and second of all 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 like half of he's like half of mine is yours so in in essence he's saying what's mine is yours i'm dividing it in half you know this is a partnership i i, I understand this jesus but then he takes it a step further and he says i will give i will give back these people if i've cheated on these people taxes and I guarantee he did because he was known as a notorious sinner <laughs> so he's stating the obvious I will give back four times as much four four not half four which would leave probably this man completely broke I mean think about it if he gives half back to if he gives half to the Lord and then he goes and gives four times as much as for the people that he cheated what does that leave Zacchaeus? Nothing, which speaks so much today. And that's the topic of everything. When I read this, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Tells me something. What? My salvation, yes, is a free gift. Jesus wants to come into my house. 
But there is something that is required of me first. I must come to the end of myself. I must come to the end of everything that I am, everything that I represent as a man. This is daily. This isn't just single one time. It's daily. I have to daily die to myself. Paul understood this same exact thing. Daily dying to ourselves, always walking towards the perfection. So that way we may be saved. I believe that salvation, uh, it, there is a start to our salvation. I believe this. I believe in the start of our salvation when we come to Jesus. But I don't think it's the end. I believe we are daily coming into the perfection, which means daily dying, daily giving over, daily giving over of the old nature, of the old way of life. And it's going to take something of us daily. Sacrifice. Something is required of us. Devotion is not just established in one day. You have to understand that. Devotion is not established simply in one day. Oh, Jesus, come into my heart. Boom, that's it. Okay, I'm good. It's a daily thing. This, this commitment that I have to Christ is a daily thing. It's not just, oh, Jesus, come into my heart. One day, boom, okay, that's it. I'm committed to Christ. It's a daily commitment. It's a daily devotion. It's a daily sacrifice that I must make. And we see here that Zacchaeus, he was willing to invest all that he needed until it came to the end of himself and beyond, just so that Jesus would come into his house. And we see that Jesus responds, salvation has come to this home today. Interesting, right? Because Jesus hadn't even entered into his physical home. But I believe this was a spiritual, symbolic meaning. Salvation has come into the home of Zacchaeus. I believe his heart. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Zacchaeus was clearly lost. But he was found that day. He was found because first he looked. Second, he came down. Third, he gave over. And I believe this is something that we need to do daily and fully understand it's going to cost us something. This relationship that we have with Jesus is going to cost us something. It's not just a singular event that happens, but it is a daily commitment to Christ. It is a daily commitment to say, Father, come into my heart. That is the first step, but continually to abide in my heart. And I know that to abide in this heart, I'm going to have to daily give over of everything that I am, of everything that I represent, of everything that I own. I'm fully given over until the perfection, as Paul said, that we may come into the perfection. We're never going to be perfect on this earth. It's not possible. So which means what? I will walk towards the perfection. I will walk towards the daily salvation, walk in my salvation daily. Oh, are you saying, Ryan, that you're not saved Come when you come asking Jesus into your life? No, you are. But to walk in salvation and to simply have salvation come are two different things. For I want to invite Jesus into my life. This is something I need. But to have that daily abiding, there's some requirement that I must be able to make. The sacrifice of saying, Jesus, I'm going to give over my family daily. I'm going to give over my finances daily. I'm going to give over my business daily. I'm going to give over the ministry that you've called me to daily. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you, Jesus. And if I have to be poor, and if I have to give over everything, I will do it. For I know there is a value that must be paid. But I will do it. 
because I know that my relationship with you is far more valuable than anything I could ever attain in this world. So may we walk in our daily salvation and may we walk in the daily understanding that Jesus, yes, wants to come to our house. And if you've already been saved, wonderful. But continue walking in that. Continually give over to that daily. That means it's going to require something of you. There is something that is required of you today. Amen? Let's walk in that. And let Jesus come to our house today. Oh, walk down the streets and enter into the house. And let's sit at the table with the Lord daily.